Good evening, listeners. Welcome to episode 64 of the Two Peas in a Pod. Good evening, Ben. You all right? I am. Thank you very much. Good, good. I've remembered to say good evening to you this time. <laughs> Normally, I get halfway through the intro. So tonight, we go on to the hobby desk. Um, ben has been working on plenty of characters and space walls, and I've done a bit more of the game that I'm definitely not collecting uh, in the form of Star Wars Legion. And then we go to the Galaxy of War, a nice swift shoot through the Galaxy of War tonight. Um, just covering off the latest bits and bobs that we've seen uh, before we head into the Mortal Realms, where it is all going down. Because earlier today we watched the preview, or saw the preview, of a ton of new models, all of which we want. So we chat our way through that. Um, quite enjoyable that section uh, and then into the community where we do some awesome shout outs and finally into the wilds where we hear a little bit about ben's love of aliens now read into that what you will <laughs> guys you know what to do grab some refreshments and we will see you on the hobby desk Hi guys and welcome to episode 64 and uh, we're on the hobby desk and this time it's just Dan and I'm afraid. Sorry about that. It's me, you and two French fancies. Read into that what you will. If you're listening to this and you're not, not from the UK and you don't know that a French fancy is a small cake, you may be wondering what is going on, especially when I start <laughs> eating them and the sounds I make. <laughs> Ooh, er, misses. Right then. <laughs> so while I show. firmly try and get rid of our PG status in my opening lines of the evening, <laughs> how is your hobby going, Ben? It's going grand. It's going grand. It's been um it's been a little bit tight because I'm uh, I haven't got the energy in the evenings that I have done for the last month or so. For various reasons, but um, so I'm not I'm not doing quite so many hours as I was. Um, but I've got a nice little routine going now, so things are starting to move forward quite well. So I'm, I'm still getting enough hobby time on the Sunday to get a character done, um, which I'm really that's I'm, good, isn't it? That's nice. Um, so since we recorded last, I finished um, Rockfist. Yeah, and in the end, I I think I, I think he turned out all right actually. Well, it, I think the cake started to come together when I when I weathered the armor, and then it it all of the little kind of imperfections across it sort of made it look like weathering. Then, yeah, well that that yeah, I thought he turned out really well actually. Um, yeah, con considering the, your concerns, I thought he came out really well. Yeah, and I, I had, a, I've got a, like, I, I really enjoyed doing the hammer because it's got because I had to re rebuild the hammer handle. It was just rubbish. It, I, I, I don't have the skill to sculpt, or didn't have the skill to sculpt, like the hammer wrap, the, the handle wrap on it. So it ended up just being a smooth, 
like a smooth pole. And um, I decided that I, I was going to do it like just a bar of metal and keep it really kind of like simple and robust. But then I thought it'd be quite cool to make it out of, make it look like it was made out of like some kind of special obsidian, like it's a like black, shiny, um, with, but with seams of like fire running through it. So the sort of thing that you would find in like a, you know, a Fenrisian volcano, because it's one of the cool things about that often gets forgotten about the Space Force is that, um, and we and I can we alluded to this in the last episode is that they are there's a lot of fire on Fenris, so there is like there's literally a season called the fire season where the the volcanic eruptions are so dramatic and overwhelming that all the all the sort of land masses shift. Hasn't it got like an elliptical orbit around its sun or something? Yes, yeah, I think yeah. So, so yeah. it's like it spends a bit of time like ridiculously close. And yeah. all the craziness goes down, and then it goes off into space. So it's because the because the spatials are co were constantly drawn to the eye of terror, and with a desire to go there. So like they they go around the sun, and then they go, oh, come on, we're gonna we're getting there. Oh no, we're coming back!" And the emperor draws them back. So now they must be going mental because there's a whole flipping cicatrix maledictum. So you done? Yeah, I'm good. Carry on. <laughs> got that out of your system early on. Yeah, got that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'd, and then, so what I did is I made the. I'd normally do my runes like cold, so blues, and occasionally pale, pale purples. Um, but these ones I did really warm, so oranges. So the whole hammer looks like it's come from the heart of a volcano. Um, and then I contrasted that with blue runes on his shield to give that kind of fire and ice thing again so i was really happy with how he turned out actually having fretted a little bit about him you're um, loving your fire and ice anyone would think you were into game of thrones at the moment i'm not no i know um and so and then and then i've been still in the background working on um the most current batch which is the the 10 wolf guard terminators um the 10 assault intercessors the five swift swift claws, um, a dreadnought, and 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 five wolf guard in power armor. Um, I've decided while I've been doing those that I'm probably going to add a squad of a five wolf guard with thunder hammers and storm shields, or some form of power weapons and storm shields and jump packs mm -hmm. to have like a really fast moving, like hard, really hard hitting unit. Because um, I love playing with those kind of. And I just think that a wolf guard pack doing that would be brilliant. I was just thinking about this. The we were talking the other day, weren't we, about having a like a Canis wolfborn wing, as it were. Yes. So, um, and thankfully, actually, today the Thunderwolf cavalry seem to be back in stock everywhere. So, um, Games Workshop have obviously gone and built some, which is great. Thank you very much. Um, because I've only got three in Ragnar's company, and I've been toying with the idea of how many, how many Thunderwolves you would. Because this is where I get stuck. You know, how many Thunderwolves would a, would a typical, would a typical company have? And my mind tells me somewhere between sort of maybe three for the more mechanized companies, um, up to like nine um, for normal companies, or six to nine for normal companies, and then Harold Deathwolf being more like. 
in the region of sort of 20 ish so um, the thing is so um <clears throat> james cheese right recently bought like eight boxes of deathwing terminators in one go so you have to redress the dark angel space wolf purchasing balance because yes, there's yeah. like there's a there's a ripple through reality <laughs> yeah. that that's created so yeah. you now need to go and buy eight boxes of Thunderwolves just to so, sort of redress the balance. So one of the things I was thinking is actually I probably like more than nine Thunderwolves um, just because I think they would look awesome. Just no other reason. So then I thought it would be cool to have just Harold Deathwolf. Death Wolf. And this all comes from the fact that I've got Canis Wolfborn and I can't really work out why Canis Wolfborn would be just sort of in Ragnar's company on his own. You know, especially as he can barely talk. He communicates in growls and farts, as far as I can work out. And, uh, <laughs> so, Is that why you've got like an affinity with him? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I figured that it would be quite cool to have, because I've got Harold, because why wouldn't you buy the Space Wolf on a Wolf Lord on a Thunder Wolf? Um, and I got Canis. So then I, I thought, well, I could have like an, another nine Thunder Wolves to go with him. And then I'd have like a nice little sort of 18 strike. So if I wanted to feel like a proper Thunderwolf army. Um, and th- but then my brain went another place and figured, wouldn't it be cool to do a conversion of Ragnar Blackmane on a Thunderwolf um, and build him just as a Wolf Lord on a Thunderwolf? Use that stat set. Um, or or Harold Deathwolf stat, stat set um, so that he, he could ride into battle on a Thunderwolf. Um, but I wouldn't, what I'm thinking of doing that, then I went with, if I get Harold, Harold Deathwolf's model, I've always quite liked the idea of the Wolf Lord standing in the middle with the kind of, with the Thunderwolf sort of stalking around him, like in a circle, because the Deathwolf's Thunderwolf is really curved. It looks like it's sort of turning around. So then I thought, rather than sort of building a new one, I could just sort of build Ragnar's base so it would slot into like a bigger base with this other, with this big wolf on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's where I'm at. And I'm really quite excited about that, actually. So um, so there's a few ideas then. There's a few ideas in my head about it, yeah. <laughs> so they're coming on really nicely, that that batch I'm working on at the moment. I've just finished doing the Agrax Earthshade wash over over the metals and the the golds and the yellow, yeah, not, not over the, I don't like completely washing yellow I kind of line in with the yellow because you don't otherwise you just got more to go over when you start building the color back up yeah um and and the furs are all done so now I'm currently doing like the lining in with the armor because I've airbrushed the armor and just sort of panel lining in with um with space wolf gray contrast and then I've got a 50 50 um Drakenhof nightshade Nolan oil mix where I literally just got two pots and poured them into one. Um, and I use that for like the fine lining in, like the panel lining, where I really want it nice and sort of sharp and dark. Yeah. Um, um I was just saying to you before we came came on air that um once I've done that, once I've done the yellow, then there really there really is not much left to do with them. It'll no. go very, very quickly from that point onwards. So I'll have finished them probably eight weeks ahead of where I was hoping to, which is a, fingers crossed, which is a big, big chunk taken out. Um, and I can move on to 
things that are because the things that are taking the time with these are the are the terminators because they're absolutely covered in yeah <laughs> <laughs> just... haven't you finished one was that a terminator lord or just the wolf guard like the sergeant that you showed me yeah so yeah so the one i finished this weekend after rock fist was a was a wolf lord that i built because um at the time when i was building my space horse i kind of decided or thought i wasn't going to do ragnar ragnar's company um but then i just i read ragnar blackman's book again and I was like, why, why am I not doing that? Because he he was the first one to copy it. So why? Um, so he kind of he kind of fell out of favour with me because I didn't know quite know, know what to do with him. You know, he just sort of was just oh massively overdone model. Um, but since I've built him and over the last couple of months, I've I've taken to taking things like the Indomitus Captain and and converting them up so that they're they're not really a wolf lord. They're like the senior wolf guard. So like Ragnar's li- literal right-hand man. Um, so what I've made the, the Terminator Lord is the same person as the Indomitus captain, Yarnolf. Um, so he's sort of the next guy in line. So if it would have split the company in two, it would be Yarnolf that would lead the other half. Because I couldn't find a name for anyone who fills that role in any of the background particularly um kind of changes a lot so i've i've done it so it's him before and after you cross the rubicon um i like that and then so i really liked the cloak like you started it looked like you were starting to play around with textures yeah on the inside yeah so one of the things i've been doing over the last um six months year is is playing with cloth texture a little bit more um and building it up so that it, it looks less like it's flat um, and more like it's woven because i really like i love when people do different textures on different surfaces it, it just adds so much to break the model up and so i've done that on this on his banner and i've done that on his cloak um i was really happy with how his cloak turned out actually because i was built up with loads of layers of I didn't want to overdo it and do vertical and horizontal lines or mm. diagonal lines. I, so I just did horizontal lines uh, and then built that up as I was highlighting it and then glazed it back and and then sort of re-strengthened the highlights. And I, I wanted to keep it quite dark and I think that helped it work quite well. Mm. Um, so, I was, yeah, I was really happy with that. Glad you noticed, actually. <laughs> no, it looked good. Um, I liked it. And then the final thing I've been doing is is sort of toying and fiddling together um, Ragnar. So I've got all the bits of him now. I still haven't managed to find a Ragnar Blackmane, the old Ragnar Blackmane in Finecast on eBay. Um, so I'm stuck now with how to do his left shoulder pad. So I think I'm probably just going to sculpt it. I sculpted it before when I did the my Primaris conversion for Ragnar. Yeah. But I think I'd probably be able to do it again a bit better because I know with that one, some of the mistakes I made on it, I hid with sculpting the cloak over the top of it. Right. Because um, I'm a bit more comfortable with that kind of texture. But I'm not going to be able to do that with this one. So I could, uh, I'm going to take it, because when I sculpted it on the Primaris one, I was stuck on the shoulder when I sculpted it. This time I'm going to blue tack it down onto a surface and sculpt it away 
from it so I can make sure it's perfectly symmetrical and we get it absolutely right. Um, yeah, and then the only other question with him is whether I do the back banners and I just cannot make my mind up. I cannot make my mind up. <laughs> I think that's going to be a decision I'll make about 15 seconds before I undercoat him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the reason is I can't find two decent plastic banners to do it with. And I know I know a really good res I know a really good solution is the um Corsair's back banner. That's the one that um Tommy Saul used for his. Um but none of the bit sites are selling it, so I'm kind of a bit like the Corsairs, the Dark Elf Corsairs. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. because uh, it's not a great deal of detail, and what details on it you can you can easily cut away and it's the right sort of shape and it's got a lot of mobility in it. Um, as in it looks, looks nice and sort of flappy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you need. And a flag. Yeah. A, a flappy flag. <laughs> a flappy flag. Um, so t tomorrow I'm going to probably break away the dreadnought and um, rather than do a character, try and take him up to being finished, um, which may be a, I figure it's about this, about the same sort of amount of time at this stage. Mm. So, um, we'll see. I'm quite excited about that. Be my first first um, sort of vehicle sized unit for the non Primaris army. Yeah, well, no, that's not true. The storm, the storm thingy, Stormfang. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting about that because it's in a box somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. That's me. Well, I haven't done anything like as much as I had hoped uh, because I've been busy with work. Um, <laughs> I've been working a lot and uh, family and stuff. So life has conspired to reduce my painting output. Um, but I have done a couple of things. So... I have finished off um, the uh, Imperial Death Troopers expansion box for for Legion. So they were quite cool because they... They're the black ones, aren't they? From, they're the black from, ones, yeah. Rogue One. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Um, so basically, I think I might have said last time, actually, I, I had Luke and some pathfinder not pathfinders commandos and i thought oh, i better get a bad guy and some dudes so uh i got krennic and some some death troopers so the death troopers are completely black so that was interesting in as much as just trying to make them you know black dudes with black guns um but can i ask a question yeah is krennic inhabit the same timeline as luke now hang on rogue one not as so i can't remember when in the films what happens to krennic if i'm honest because obviously at the time of rogue one when they're stealing the plans no he dies didn't he on on scouring the planet yeah yeah maybe but you know artistic license it doesn't really matter because um i'm gonna end up with vader anyway so <laughs> I just fancy painting Krennic because it's a cool model. So um Vader would have Death Troopers as well. I mean really Oh of course he would, yeah. Yeah, of course yeah. he would. So um 
so yeah, I, I, I'm trying to stick away, stay away from too much highlighting and stuff with the with the Legion stuff. I, I'm trying yeah. to create two gaming armies, I suppose. But I I had to do some highlighting with the with these guys because otherwise <laughs> it just looked like I'd sprayed them black and left them at it. So um I did you know I um I washed them I I, I went over them with um black Templar and then I went over the armor panels with a bad and black thinned down um just to get a bit of difference. Uh, and then highlighted those panels and um, did their eyes, green eyes and stuff. Uh, and then I satin varnished them, which gives them a nice sheen, um, mm. which is appropriate for them, um, and and did their bases. I've just started doing this weird thing. Uh, I, I did it with a lot with all the corn stuff I was working on last year, where I get halfway through and then I finish the base because it just feels like I've made this big step forward. <laughs> because <laughs> i've done the base and then go back in and and do the finishing touches i suppose um, the only thing that would stop me from doing that on on a model like that is that you've very specifically done a finish in the armor and then i would i would want the basing to go on top of that finish yeah yeah so i'd already done um the satin coat yeah yeah so uh yeah, so I did those, and then I started on Krennic, and this doesn't happen to me very often, but I saw a mould line, and I thought, I can live with that. And then it sort of flowed into another mould line, and another, and I was like, what the f... Was I drunk when I did this guy? And, and basically, it's, it's I've noticed it on a couple of them. The mould line's don't you can't really see them until you undercoat the model and then they're like ding hello so um <coughs> i ended up like i thought i'll scrape a bit off here yeah yeah i can fix that i'll scrape it in the end i scraped it off so much i'm just going to go back and uh and just get the airbrush out again and mm -hmm. go over those bits again because it's just daft the only thing i'm a little uncertain of is i i would normally use isopropanol to take the paint off but this plastic is slightly softer um this the plastic used on the legion models i don't you know I, i'd rather he didn't end up looking like a miniature hut by the time i finished stripping the paint off it it's all just melted um but yeah so i've got to do that have you got um, a spruce set does it comes on sprues or does it come off a of sprues he is not on a sprue no I just wonder if you had a piece of plastic you could stick in a bit of isopropyl and see. I have got some because um, I've also, for the game that I'm not collecting, just bought um, the <laughs> heavy weapon emplacement for the Empire and the heavy emplacement for the Rebellion, um, which is huge, by the way. <laughs> it's like a massive disc laser, which I like. Um but they come with troopers for snow for Hoth. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I'm sure I said this last time, but basically I found online some STLs to print troopers that are just like more normal. So, cause, cause I'm going to do these two armies on desert bases. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really want snow dudes done out in snow trooper 
gear to go on on de- in the desert. Although I have seen some people paint them up like deserty, and it's not so bad actually. But um, so I've got, so I've got the original crew with no guns, so yeah. I can always use a bit of that just to check. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting as well because it's like the laser is really hard plastic, like like toy plastic, mm. a bit like you know when Games Workshop went through that period where the scenery was like insanely hard. <laughs> yeah, like yeah people over the head with it it's almost like, like a resin yeah and it's so <coughs> but that's fine i mean that's it's done that it's got an awful bloody great join line right up through the flipping middle of the not the laser itself but the, the bit underneath it so just let that dry and then i'll i'll have to fill that bit um otherwise i'll be sad so so yeah a bit frustrated really that krennic sort of stalled part way through um, so I need to sort of restart him. Um, and I have also, I have got all my sort of month to Nurgle built and undercoated and ready to go. But I'm going to sell all them and do Lumineth now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, not a lot, not a lot of hobby, unfortunately. Um, but such is life. It's difficult yeah. at the moment because because Joshy's not at school and you can't go anywhere. Like where Harriet would kindly like take the children out or something. You know, she's she's exhausted because she's trying to homeschool like a four and a half year old nut nutter who, you know, goes between being Superman and a pirate. Um and and then also have little Hannah running around as well. So she's knackered. And there's no, you know, she can't take them to her parents or anything. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's funny. I know we've said this before, but it's a bit like the lockdowns had one of two effects. If you've got children, it's like crazy because now you've just got them even more. And if you haven't, you've got loads of time and you can just do loads of things. I, I'm, uh, I suspect that that's just our perspective as parents oh yeah of course that's a sweeping statement and it's a completely <laughs> ridiculous thing to say but it is how it feels <laughs> sorry i'm i've not um apologized for the creaky chair i uh i wanted a comfy chair tonight normally i go and sit on like a stool i need a new chair really but it's like i don't it's a bit like socks i don't like buying new socks because i kind of feel like well i could spend the money you know, I could put up with a creaky chair. I can put up with holes in my socks, but I can't put up with not having the miniatures I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. My chair's a bit creaky, but I've only just bought it, so it's probably because I'm a fatty. <laughs> had this one for ages. Anyway, now that we're talking about the furniture in our hobby rooms, let's move on to the <laughs> galaxy of war. <laughs> Welcome to the Galaxy of War. I'm drawing out the intro a bit because not a lot has happened in the Galaxy of War in the last two weeks. Um, so I thought I'd make the intro nice and long. 
fill it out a bit. Um, Ben's got very upset about wolves. Oh, I have. I, I hadn't noticed that you couldn't buy wolf companions for Ragnar. And you can't. Because Gazgul's mate boshed them. Because he got killed when Ragnar got killed. Which I'm sad about on a lot of levels. The fact that they're dead, because they were awesome. And they were in the book. And they were awesome. And the fact that I've also noticed, and noticing that, that none of the other wolf lords, none of the wolf lords can have wolf companions, which, apart from Grimnar, who has them pulling his chariot. And I just, uh, I'm not sure how... I'm just not happy about that at all. I'm it's a such a shame, isn't it? It is a shame. I think it's a real shame. I, I think, think it's, it's a real bit of character that's missing. Because you, because this whole thing led on to, I would like to see the wolves, the space wolves, be able to buy, to buy wolves as a unit upgrade so that they were spread across an army rather than together in a pack, that they... You, you could have them together in a pack, but you could also have them where individual wolves had formed, like, a, a become part of a Space Wolf pack. They'd formed yeah, a bond yeah. as, within that pack. and Because I think that that would be really cool. Yeah, it, it, would. Would, it would change the whole aesthetic of an army. You know, it, it would be really, really cool. And you could play some really sort of... You could choose to have an army. Like, Harold Deathwolf's company is a really good example where... You, I would then have like multiple units, maybe sort of two units of ten wolves, and in a kicking on for 15, 15 plus thunder wolves, and then all of the units of normal grey hunters and blood claws. You could have two or three wolves with each of those. So then you'd have like a because his his whole company's thing is that you know. That they have lots of wolves. Mm. If that their area of the fang is is just filled with wolves. Yeah. Um, I would be. Um, I mean, the thing is, Ragnar's wolves were were a lot bigger. Um, but I I would be tempted, were it possible, to look at working one onto a base. So you know, my corn lord forty k has got the flesh hound that's like coming out around past him and stuff. And he can't that there's no rules for a flesh hound, but it's on his base because it looks cool. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I thought it's similar. Just to, to sculpt one or not sculpt one to fit one onto his base because um like Radicraft has done a, a great version of a of a rune priest with a sort of um etheric wolf. Mm. In blue, so they obviously do fit. You could fit one onto a fifty something, fifty something mil base, and and Ragnar's actually also quite high. Yeah, I was going to say he's high up, isn't he? So you could fit him on a, a wolf on. Um, I'd probably do it so you could take the wolf on and off. The other thing that would be quite cool, actually, is if you did another one of the wolf guard with the other one. So like, as if they were like. They were both there, but they weren't necessarily like they're not right on Ragnar. Like they, they're just part mm. of the pack. That's quite, yeah, yeah. That that would be a way to incorporate wolves. Actually, that'd be pretty cool. I'm actually thinking of just incorporating them anyway. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that. And, and they just don't count in anything. They just they look just cool, and if people want to get upset about it, they can bite me, basically. What, I, the I wolves? Yes. <laughs> I, I, admittedly, I wouldn't I wouldn't push my luck on a, a, like a formal tournament or anything, but you know, I think most, or everyone I play against would, would be absolutely fine with it, and I think it would just look awesome. So Yeah, it would. Um. Moving on from uh, our concern for the wildlife of Fenris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so today uh, has been Uriel Ventris Day, although has? you struggled to get hold of him, but you have I managed did. to it get hold of him. It wasn't on the website for like a long time. Um, no, well, it's, the other thing that's odd is it's there now, but when you click pre-order, it just says, sorry, this product is not available. Yeah, that's what I was having. So I, I kept trying to shove it in my basket, and it wasn't having any of it. So I've um, I, I got the Xenos book because that looks bloody brilliant. Um, and the last sort of book like that that I got from Black Library was just stupendous. That was the um, bad app, not the bad app, the um, Sabat Sabat one. That was just gorgeous. That's so, lovely. See, this is where I'm at. It's like. It does look amazing. It looks so good, and I want it on the shelf. But it is forty pounds. Uh, I um, the reason I'm not to say it. I'm not saying oh, it's forty pounds because I don't think it's worth. Of course, it's worth forty pounds. It's a book, and it's amazing looking, but it's still a lot of money. I um, I really regretted not getting the one that they did the 10, first 15, time round, yeah, yeah. long time ago. Um, I looked at it about a thousand times on the shelf while I was working there. And then, um, and then I came in. This true story. I came in to buy it as I've made my mind up, and uh, it had gone. Mm. Damn it! <laughs> so, this was back in the day when you know these things were. Black Library wasn't a big, you know, it wasn't a big part of the shops. It was just. A... So I really regret selling it, <laughs> which won't surprise you. Didn't. Yeah, you know I'm Nate. You don't even want to go there with the stuff that I've had and sold. So, um, yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh, I want to. I I kind of want to get it because mm. it does look great. Although the problem I've got at the moment is if I if I want to buy anything, so Games Workshop are running a competition where well, it's not really a competition. It's a uh, you because they've done this thing where you're my Warhammer account now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all linked in. So if you go on and link everything together and then go and just put a load of stuff in your cart, they're going to, like, randomly draw, like, five people. How much uh, stuff do you have to put in the cart to achieve that, though? What do you it mean? It just says a full cart. Yeah, but so they'll give you up to £300 worth of it. Yeah. You win. So, so is it anyone who bought anything? That's Sorry? what I couldn't. Work. Is it anyone who bought anything? Because I couldn't. You don't have to buy anything. You just mm. put it in your cart. That's what it says. All right. I got confused, so I just bought the I just bought the book and walked away. So I well, unless I've read it wrong. But so anyway, my point was that I've just got loads of stuff in my cart at the moment. So I just want to buy the book. And I just keep taking it all back out of the cart. Three times I've gone in and put the book in my cart and then changed my mind. I I have to say that I don't like passwords. Um, 
And when it asked me three different times for three different passwords that Google didn't remember, that was just a, it was just an ache. Yeah. Um, so I had to please email me my password for Warhammer, my Warhammer account, and then sort that out. And then it was like, would you like to link it? Or you need to link it to your Games Workshop account. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Please insert your password. Wouldn't remember that. So then I started <laughs> doing three emails because of the Forge World account too. So by the time I bought the book, I'd earned it, frankly. <laughs> the effort involved in getting it was far too much for my liking. Mm. Far yeah. too much indeed. So, um, yeah, so the book looks great. Your real Ventress model. Is that a head swap? Has had a head swap. Quite late in the day, it must have been, because it's got the original head on the box art. Mm. Um, but, you know, I know, I know, I don't know, actually. I don't know if you feel differently. Either way, I prefer the new head. Um, I'm, a, I'm slightly indifferent, to be honest. I think, a, I think there's a lot about the old head I liked. Um, but I think overall, I think the new head probably fits the artwork better. But. Did you see what I said to Marcus and Ross? I think the old head looked like he were, he um he played for the Cornish Pirates. Yes, it did. He, he eaten a lot of pasties and got cauliflower ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can talk because I can't sculpt to save my life. So, um, but yeah, I, I do prefer the new head. I think it matches the art better, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he's a nice model. He's a lovely model. Yeah, I like him. He, he's going to be. He's, he's going to be along with Gilliman. Yeah, be along with Gilliman. But trouble is, see, he's the captain of the fourth company, isn't he? So you have to have I've some got, fourth friends. I've got some fourth friends. It's my battle from the crag box. Oh yes, of course. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. A couple hang on though. Oh no, yeah, battle from the crag's the one that just had the ten marines in, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's isn't it hilarious? Like. When you look back at what was in that starter set versus what you get in the starter set now. Yeah, it was um I think it was fifteen gaunts, eight gene stealers and ten space marines. And and scenery. Was there gaunts in there? I thought I thought there was just gene stealers in there. Yeah, there was gaunts. Yeah, there was gaunts. And some poor unfortunate sod carrying the jeans. Oh, yeah, there was him. And there was the crashed <laughs> Aquila Lander. Yeah, I really yeah. wish Forge World still did the Aquila Lander because it, it, it's come up recently. I'm reading Kane. Yeah. I'm into the second trilogy. And it's it, a great vehicle. I don't know why they stopped doing it. I guess people, I guess because it's not got rules in the game. No, than, well, it did. It did for a while, but it was only armed with like an auto cannon. So, yeah, that's you know, it's not, it's not much of a, no, it's more it, of a narrative know, thing, isn't it? If it's not got like a, a, a planet killing laser on the side of it, it's yeah. not really Forge World's thing, is it? I keep so. wanting to get the, the Thunderbolt before they before that. I can't. They'll never get rid of that. They won't, will they? No, they won't. It's too I thought so. I mean, they've just put it into a Aeronautica, haven't they? So they've kind of just locked it down. I always loved that thing. Never, never had the spare hobby time to consider buying spending that that's that's the thing that stops me with things like that i look at it and think it's, it's worth the money i'd want it but i wouldn't paint it so is it worth getting now so no so it get passed on oh yeah 10 termagants six gene stealers yeah uh 
and 10 Space Marines. Did you not Some believe cool me? Scenery. No. No. No, I couldn't remember there being gaunts in there. So I thought I'd look it up, and you are correct. Although sort of correct, because you said 15 and eight and yeah, yeah. and 12, so, you know. Eight, I think I said. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I was overestimating the... I'll go back and edit that back in. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm not sure... Is there anything else you've noticed for 40k? No, not really. No. Um, it was a, just a lot of Age of Sigma, which we probably ought to get onto because there's a lot of Age of Sigma. Yeah, let's do that. Bye! Let's <laughs> <laughs> go to the Mortal Realms. We're clearly wanting to get there for that whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcome to the Mortal Realms, finally. We've ch- chatted through an hour of introduction, and now we're here at the, at the best part of this episode. If you haven't seen the preview, uh, uh, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, and if was... you'd rather not, well, not that you'll have been able to be a hobbyist, I think, and have avoided it, but if you'd rather not hear about the preview, um, you are in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> So um, what we're what we're going to do is just uh, bring the preview up on our screens and uh, and work our way through it, um, and talk about what parts of it we like and don't like, and if there is anything we don't like. I mean, it, it's probably the best preview, I personally think. And yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just brilliant, absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. Even and, though and quantity as well. So yeah, it was brilliant. So. The Lumineth burned brighter. Woo! Now, obviously, we knew yeah. there was no Lumineth stuff coming because it was in a video last time or, or another time. But um, do you know what I do like about I'll just say this straight off the bat. I like about this preview. It was all Mortal Realms. Yeah. And and I think I quite like that style of having, you know, have a preview for Mortal Realms and have a preview for 40K and so on and so forth. So anyway, first up, Venari Blade Lords. Yeah. So yeah. these are the guys that I wanted when they did the hammer guys. And now we've got these guys as well. And I'm happy that there are both. Yeah. Love them. Absolutely. They are so good, aren't they? I'm glad have, you like them. Uh, yeah. The, the, there's little bits about them I absolutely love. So the guy who's kind of striding forward and one of his sword hands is open. Um, I don't know if that that is... It just yep. implies movement with the sword rather than st- being static, and I love it. Um, yep. They look like they're moving. Their, they all look like they're moving their weapons, apart from the guy with the banner, I think. No, it's, it's just his back banner, but the guy with him braced in both hands and he's sort of standing forward. Yeah, he's the I only one who looks, who looks static. The rest of them are just fab, absolutely fab. I really like the enclosed helms. Yes, I do. It gives that slightly more sinister yeah. sort of lethality feeling to them. Yeah. Um, and I also like like the little bits of mail or scale. Yes. Sorry. Now um, the scale is the only thing that I take 
that I don't like about it, actually. Not the, not the scale that's been there, that is there. I, I like the scale that is there. I'd like to see more of it on the thighs. And I've got good reason for that, is that they're really heavily armoured in their top half, um, which doesn't make a great deal of sense to not be heavily armoured in the bottom half. Now, if the argument is they would move faster with it, without it, then I can see that point of view. But all they've got there is a piece of scale mail protecting the nutsack. And I think that realistically, I'd like to have seen some on their thighs. It makes sense for the for the spearmen not to have it on their thighs because they've got their shield, mm. you know? And then the rest of their upper armour would be heavy because they're sticking outside. They, you know, the Greeks did a lot of that kind of stuff with, with armour, um, you know, but wearing shin guards because they, they were sticking out. So them having knee guards and the low, lower leg armour and then no thigh armor made a lot of sense, but I would like to have seen a bit of armor on their legs. But that is just me being super picky and looking for something to witter about because I, I'm so happy with them. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> love them. Yeah, they're ace. I love them too, man. I love them too. So big unit of 10 of those, like sliding across the battlefield, would just look. The, the problem, and I say it now, it with this set of releases is that it has basically ticked all the boxes that were part of my high elf army that we hadn't had yet. Yeah. And that's not good basically. No. But anyway, cause the problem I'm, I would have is there's so much going on on these models and I'm like constantly on this like quest to paint things faster and faster and faster. And I just can't see it with ease. But anyway, that's not, not to worry about that. Let's get on to this bolt thrower because it looks great. And it's got shields. Did you watch? I knew you didn't watch the preview. I know that. I had it running while I was working and it was. Uh, so I don't. You, you, it's got these little things. You see the little like stakes in the ground. Yeah. Or around it. They are like a force field thing that protects them sweet so they are like the elven equivalent of a palisade that's brilliant it's great isn't it i love the bolt dispenser as well yeah 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 that's ace actually yeah i don't need i'd actually i it's only just dawned on me that that is a like dispensing them down to the bottom there that yeah yeah that's cool um they're loving their helmets aren't they they are fully into helmets these guys yeah yeah I, I kind of think that you can get away with it as an elf because i always almost imagine that as almost like a bone structure with like no weight at all to it you know yeah absolutely was... yeah. and it they obviously fit in with the the archers yeah the archers and and the spearmen because they've still got the like bull on the front haven't they on that yeah. shield and the, the three strings as well the, the way the bow is strung is really cool because that fits in with them doesn't it yeah yeah it does oh i really like that shield thing i hadn't i didn't actually manage to get to watch the preview because it's been my little girl's birthday today so um i didn't get to watch it so i just read the article very nice so um next up is one of my absolute standouts. I think this is such, so good. The piece of scenery. 
Yeah, but it's a floating rock, so you're always going to love it. <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like a mystical pool, so your mage can go in there. And What I liked about it is um, is the way the Every Mountain team have used blue as the shade on what is just a standard rock colour, and I'm thinking it's probably Carrick Stone is the base coat, and then yeah. they shaded it with blue. And it just works so well. It does, doesn't it? It still looks like stone, um, but it, it looks really elven. Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lovely counterpoint to the Loon Shrine, isn't it? Yeah. Like as, as, with all the rocks and stuff. Um, yeah. It's ace. Uh, obviously, it's got, it's got the two waterfalls at the front holding it up and then another rock or something at the back there mm. that you can't quite see. I think um want to cast the waterfalls out of lead and then you wouldn't need that back one. <laughs> Just you, could always, you could always stick it on a big base. Yeah, that's true. And, that's true. Um, and take away the... and replace it with maybe like a, a bit of um, see-through plastic. It's got like little bonsai looking trees on it as well, hasn't it? Yeah, that's one of the things I've I've loved about a lot of the Lumineth is the little bonsais. It put me in mind of the white tree from um Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Those little trees. Um Shrine Luminor. Purify even the most corrupt of battlefields. Do they just sort of float it along with them, do they? Like just drag those the floating shine. Yeah, I think so. Just push it along. There's um I don't know if it could move actually in the game. But um they didn't say that. But it did they they were talking about like uh, on the stream they were talking about how like the Lumineth are all about the elements and how like you'd be you'd be facing them and you'd have like the wind and stuff and it would be you know all part and parcel of holding all this stuff up and magic and oh I was just loving it. I think it sounds great. Um, obviously, whopping great corn symbol and paint that stuff as blood. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, right, heroes. There are some corkers in here. Absolute yeah. corkers. Um, so let's have a look. I can't remember all of their names. No, I I've got them on my phone, so we can I'll um I'll pick them I'll get them out for us. So yeah, so you need to find the find the first guy because he is Lirior Uthral, yeah, warden so, of Eumetrica. So what they said was he is the right hand of Teclis, of Tyrion, yeah, of Tyrion, basically. Um, he looks great, doesn't he? He is he, like he, classic yeah. elf lord taken to the max. Yeah. I can't remember what they said he was on. It was it's it a whooping llama, a whooping llama. Yeah, yeah. A it was something like llama. like a light 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 something. It was I can't remember. Anyway, um, he looks ace. Really like him. Uh, what I really liked is how often they said the words Tyrion during this preview, because yeah. that would be a great bookend. You know, Teclis at the beginning. Texas is shizzle, Tyrion shizzle, Tyrion. And that is really, really, really shown in the next one up, which is the two 
The twins. The twins. Yeah. So they are called. Um, give me a second. Eliana and Ella Thor. Yeah, Eliana and Ella Thor. Yeah. Yeah. So that little that little owl is Ace. Yeah. Isn't it? And it's, like yeah. I love how she's so reminiscent of Techless with the staff and stuff. And then he down there with the sword and the sun over the it's like the sun thing at the back of him there. Yeah. Um, yeah. This the, that model is is just it's just stupendous. I think it's I think it's brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. I, I just gives me the shivers looking at it. Um, can, when I think about transport, <laughs> yeah, 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 interesting, isn't it? It's like another concept that we've seen. So, because there was the Slaneshi guy, which was like a giant guy with a demonette on his back or something, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that is well, that's true, actually. I hadn't really thought about that, I hadn't really thought about that. So that's good, isn't it? I love his stance as well. I'm trying to remember yeah. what what that stance is called. I think it's um I'm gonna kill you stance. I think it's called the window guard, but I'm not sure. Mm. I, I think his hips are twisted in the wrong direction for that. So next up is gonna be a battle sister leaping over the back of a space marine. Yes, that would be good, wouldn't it? No, the ne- the next up is um another swords master. Yeah. And, so this uh, go on, sorry, go on. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say his name. Scenario Lawseeker. Yeah, so he, um, they said this in the stream, um, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, that is a reimagining of the Lawmaster. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because he's got, obviously he's got Texas staff and then he's got sword and he just looks like he's going to kill you. And again, yeah. he's got the full helm going on, which looks quite sinister similar he he does he he does look like he harkens back you could see him having a bodyguard of all them venari dawnblade guys the thing the thing i really love about this model is that it looks epic and dynamic from this angle but you can tell by the way the sword and the staff looks that it it's going to look even better when you can see it in 3d yeah yeah there's just going to be so much movement going on yeah. He's he's brilliant. Absolutely. It is really good, isn't it? It's really nice. Um then we got the Lantern Man. The Lantern Man. Yeah. Um, Scanari Callygrave. Callygrave. Now there's something Scenari. very special about him that I wanted to point out and get your commentary on. What I found interesting about these, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up before, is that they have the same before you talk so maybe you can answer it when you talk because like i said i didn't see it is they have the same prefix the the scenario so this one being the scenario calligrave um and the other one being the scenario law seeker and yet they're both in different armors um as in this one looks a lot more like the archers yeah um and the other one looks a lot more like you know the 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 guard you know so uh, and the sword and the swords masters, the blade masters. So, did that did that come up? What the scenario was? It may have done, but I was trying to work at the same time, so I might not have heard that. 
Um, yeah, because I noticed that they were also, the, the name was different because the Venari Blade Lords, um, there's also the Venari Banner Blade. So I figured that the Venari Banner Blade went with the Venari Blade Lords mm. um, from the same school or whatever. Uh, and then I couldn't really work out what the Cenari, Venari and the Cenari whether they were related and so anyway so yeah tell me tell me about this guy well no i was all i was going to get your commentary on is check out those shoes yeah i've only just noticed them when i've been sat looking at it now um what is going on there well maybe you just wanted a better view of the battlefield i'm assuming assuming what's going on with him and why he's called a, a calligrave is that it's to do with the calligraphy he's doing. So whatever. Yeah, he's so he's using like a wand or something to do runes. Yeah. I, I think like the, that idea. The next one is just, I mean, there's, there's so many things, models here. The, we're going to look at the Huracan Wind Mage, which is a, a mage riding on top of a cloud. Um <laughs> That does oh, yeah. in no way is as camp as that sounds. He looks like a comet of like goodness. Yeah, <laughs> he's just insane. oh yeah, yeah. I I love him. Um, and again, his aesthetic is gonna go back to another model that we'll see in a minute. The wind yeah. dude. Um, <laughs> it did make me think. I should say I love the model. It did make me think of um, Cooper in in some of the mario where he like rides around on the cloud throwing stuff out of the cloud yeah to get him um yeah. but yeah i i love that i think that's ace um yeah and another model where we can only really see one angle of it and another it's... thing there look look at the plants on his base right i mean not so much the tree because that's been there for a while but the the little like stalks of wheat or whatever that is are all are blowing in the same direction as the models going yeah it's just great isn't it yes it is oh it's so good isn't it right anyway next one now oh, 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 oh yeah i love this one the banner. banner yeah look at that guy you can't really be a high elf without an absolutely obnoxious banner can you like this this uh, is what's so lovely about these this lot this these releases now have really made them like high elves but mortal realms eyes because they yeah. filled the other gaps haven't they yeah you know i oh, i love this banner i just love it man it's just amazing um <sighs> i mean he it, it's either incredibly light or he is incredibly strong because he is holding it up it's not touching the floor i think it's a bit of both going or on is there. it actually no it's in a thing it might be in a banner sling. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it is actually. Yeah, now I say, oh, I like that. I like that. I think I'm, because I was, I was a little bit like, mm, but no, I like that. Oh, he looks ace. Oh, just imagine like a big phalanx of like twenty of the guys with the long spears and him like. Yeah, the load of the sword, dudes. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I love them. I love them. Right, hang on. I zoomed next, in on him. The next I... one is the demon spirit. Oh yeah, this is the alternate build, isn't it? I can't remember the original build to yeah. compare it to him. 
Um, this is Hurricane Spirit of the Wind. Um, so Hurricane is obviously an important thing because we have the Hurricane Wind Mage. So I'm guessing Hurricane is the deity, the, the wind deity or whatever, the wind mm. spirit. Um, which is quite cool because I'll remember that because it sounds like a hurricane, which is probably why they've done it. He's great. I love him. He's really reminds me of like um, the Japanese anime. Mm. You know, yeah. Like, um, the Studio Ghibli stuff. Yeah. He's really wonderful. like him. So. The swirly whirly bass. Swirly whirly. And of course, you know, because there's actually now been more models released since the original release, we, we have the much needed Lumineth Realm Lords um, army book, which is difficult to complain about, but at the same time, somewhat frustrating that the other one is less than a year old. <laughs> but um, you, you can't be without a new one. There's so many new, so many new units and models. You need it. We need it. Yeah, and I think, like, so there are going to be other ways to get the rules. They've said that. They they set, even said that in the stream, that you wouldn't yeah. have to necessarily buy the second book. Um, but, but also, I think, you know, there's a lot's gone on, obviously, with the COVID um, pandemic and messing up of release schedules and stuff. But it's no good like if you were new so some people are going to see this and go right that's amazing i want to do realm laws and you aren't going to want to have to go out and like gather up bits of paper and stuff to do your book are you you're going to want to no. just go boom there's my book yeah. so yeah I, I that art is brilliant yeah that is so good and it's just, it harkens right on back to to warhammer the, in the old world, doesn't it? With the the really light colour going on. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love it. It's brilliant. Right. From stuff that is very light to, to something, something that is incredibly dark. Krulgast the Cruciator. So this guy was a torturer in life. <laughs> And now yeah. it's being tortured because that's how the gash rolls. Just in yeah. case you were thinking the gash was the way to go for your uh, weekly worship, I would suggest not, based on <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's wonderful, isn't he? He's wonderful and horrible and and everything that I love about the Nighthorn. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's just... It's just so frightening. Like the, the idea that the night haunt a ghost and even a chain rasp is like your worst nightmare of a ghost. And then somehow the character models, like the executioner and, and this guy, it, it's like they've worked out what would be the most horrific thing that you could wake up and see. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, when you hear the bump in the night and you went to have a look, to see what it was, what, What's your worst case scenario? <laughs> and it's that, yeah. It's that, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. it's just horrific. And so, it's um, lovely, it's a lovely scale as well. Yeah. Like um, like the, to add different like sizes into the, the night horn is one of my favorite things about the night horn is that there's this 
this wonderful range of, of sizes. Um, so, yeah. Well, I like what was quite funny about this guy was. Um, so Harriet and Joshua went to the shops uh, earlier in the week and um, Joshy was walking along and they were looking at, they must have been looking at magazines and he saw Mortal Realms and recognised it as something that looked like what Daddy has in his hobby room. Said he wanted to get it for Daddy because Daddy would like it. And um, that in itself is, is epic. And I, they gave me that today um, as a surprise, which was just a fantastic surprise. But the issue is one with 10 chain rasps on it. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, timing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just to add to the projects to do, but... Well, you, but, yeah. you sold me yours, Nighthorn, and you're not having them back, so... No, I know, but there's more where they came from, isn't there? Yes, the there is. So, yeah, they're... Um, he's great. Superb. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so, so, the next up... <sighs> I think this is the best Stormcast model they have ever made. I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, it is. This fun. is Gardas, Gardas Steel Soul, which is yeah. somewhat of a tongue twister if you try and say it too quickly. Um, and he is doing, he's doing a Captain America landing. It's just, yeah. it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? So this is the guy who went into the realm of chaos, going after or, or while fighting or laying low a greater demon of Nurgle and ended up traveling through the gardens of Nurgle um, and then popped back up again <laughs> later on um, and was still like only the faithful I'm a badass. Look at him. I know. <laughs> just look at him. I mean, this just oh, is just fantastic. I he is so good. He is so good. And you know, I love these guys. These are my favorite storm host. You need him, Dan. I do. You need him leading your army. I need to the thing is it makes me want to go back. Do you remember? Well, a couple of years ago now, I decided I was gonna like spruce up my Stormcast and I did that one. Yeah. Where I took yeah. it up to like the next level. Yeah. And I was really happy with it. And then Do this it. guy just makes me want to be like. He's yeah. unfortunate. For, the only thing for me that I'm a bit disappointed by is that he is so epic and Gardas is so epic. I would feel dirty painting him anything other than Gardas. Um, so I can't see how I'd pop him in my army. But I think, I, I think I'd probably end up. Thing is, though, he's if you put his helmet on, yeah, but the face is so good. So he comes with two options for uh, reminding ourselves that this is a podcast and and not a television show. He comes with two options for his head: so a helmeted option and an unhelmeted option. Um, and the, and the unhelmeted option is just brilliant, just filled with the rage and power of. See, I I mean, don't get me wrong, I love that face, but I really like the helmeted version. I I just like the sinisterness i suppose 
of a, of a death mask on a. Yeah, I always have though. I've never really like. I'm absolutely fine with the fact that Stormcast are men inside or people inside. Um, I just love them with the helmets on. Yeah, is what it is. I can understand that, but he's. He's awesome. Have they done a female Lord Celestin? I'm not sure. They should. They did a whole bunch of knights. Yeah, 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 I know. I, I think that would be ace. Anyway, right. Oh, yeah, forgotten this guy. Now, yeah, th- this guy, is, again, it's just absolutely brilliant. It's to the point where um, Miles from Little Legend uh, said, if you had a gun to your head, which would be your standout model from this slot and i just couldn't for him it was this one um for me it was goddess there's so many good models here though it's just it's ridiculous so this is the white king that we're about to talk about and he is um is a is a character model for the the um the death rattle which is quite cool because i've got a fledgling death rattle thing going on that just from bits and bobs from my old undead and um and the underworld's war band and as soon as we get to the next section um later on when we talk about uh um cursed city there's going to be a lot of death rattling in that so actually this would be quite a cool thing to just pull them all together under a leader well and, and they did say in the stream that this is just one of a number of releases that will be coming along for this army for keyword rattle. yeah oh yeah see the nice thing is the original skeletons are not the original original but the the, the current skeleton models are still ace they're really yeah. nice so they fit really well so I yeah never, i've never been a death fan like in the old warhammer world never like vampires counts army nah. tomb kings nah not really never really struck a chord with me but like the more the death get expanded for in age of sigma the more i just think what a fantastic you know what a fantastic group they are mm-hmm. as a whole as a whole thing so just as, as a death as a broad keyword you know it's just brilliant yep yeah absolutely brilliant which yeah. is leading me more and more to thinking i really ought to get in a gash to tie the different aspects together. Yeah. Because the new White Dwarf has got an excellent uh, couple of like articles on, um, excellent article on uh, um, the bone, the Ossiarchs. You know, you know what I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was really cool reading about them, reading about them rather than just sort of seeing the models and reading the article release, because I've not got the codex or book and I haven't read about them. And seeing how they come across um, as, you know, as to interact with, I thought that was really, that, that was quite cool. Really mm. liked it. So, I mean, this guy's got so many textures on. And like Miles said when I was chatting to him, so many options for things like OSL, so object source lighting from like eyes and weapons, etc. I can see this guy popping up in painting competitions a lot. Yeah, there's lots of textures and stuff, isn't there? And in the yeah. metals and 
the cloak and the bone and everything and the wood it's just absolutely brilliant i wonder if he's going to be like a a complicated kit or whether he's going to be like an easy build kit Hmm. because he could be both it could be equally be both because the push fit um easy build Nighthorn characters are bloody brilliant. <laughs> they don't yeah. look like they don't look like they're not easy build. So yeah, I can see it being both. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Me too. So um, rolling on down to something that will be close to your yeah green skin heart. Yeah. So we've we've now seen the whole of Hedraka's Mad Bob, and and they really are lovely, aren't they? Yeah. They are very, very good. Yeah, they are. I love Hadraka's ridiculous wooden face helmet. It's just, <laughs> it's like he stuck a toilet seat over his neck and then just put a, oh, it's just, he's great. He's absolutely um, brilliant. He's like a an updated version of um, Wurzag, the prophet. Yeah. yeah. That turned people into squigs. And all, all three of his compatriots. So there's a bowman. A guy with a two-handed um, stone axe, and then the guy with claws, like like Wolverine, but made out of bones. And they they are just phenomenal. And I can't wait to add them into my destruction force. Um, are you gonna get, you're gonna get two then? Two, two boxes. Why would I do that? So that you can have one as a warband for. No, no, no. I I've gone away from that. So. I've I've just sort of decided with the warbands to paint them as if they're going to be in the army, and then and then I can use them in the game in the Underworlds game if I want to. If yeah, that makes any sense. So, I mean, I have there is only one warband that I've done to, and that was the um, Ard Boys one. His name has escaped me completely. Um, where I, I I did a red and yellow one to start with. Um, really chuffed with those actually. Um, but then I changed my colour scheme when I did the um, um, the paint the painting thing for oh what was it called the uh, the, the the story arc that with um, where they released uh, the, the book Malign Portents Malign Portents that's it yeah so when I painted that army for Malign Portents I changed it over to white and red. Um, which I'm very happy I did, and I've got absolutely no regrets doing that, even though it took a lot longer than the red and yellow. Um, and but I, I kind of move, I keep the red and white across the whole of my destruction army. So you know my goblins are red and white, and these guys I'll do red and white. So like the feathers will be red and white, um, and the body paint will be white and red depending on the unit they're in. So I'll, I'll keep that theme across the whole army, the whole destruction army. The idea being that at some point I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm hoping they'll release some, some kind of big bad destruction thing, um, like Nagash, to sort of tie the whole thing together. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the things I really like about Death is that they do have like a like a big bad, um, and Chaos actually they've got Archeon. Um, yeah. So you know I. I kind of always hoped that there would be an order thing to pull everyone together. And I suppose the Stormcast fill that role a a little bit. Um, But for destruction, I would love to see like a, 
you know, like a, a big war boss of some description that that really pulled all, all the tribes together. Um, well, um, a centerpiece model. Do you know? Have you seen what their names are? The guy with the two-handed, like over his head, um, skull axe. Yeah, wallop the skull. <laughs> He's called. Yeah, <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great, love, lo- another great wall. But and you know, just as sort of an aside for this, I don't want to dwell on this box set too much. But they've they've announced the release of Warhammer Underworlds, which is um, odd, I know, but um, it's a two-player starter set for Underworlds that is not Beast Grave Night Vault or any of that. It's sort of separate and will remain separate and permanently separate, um, so that if someone says, "Oh, how do I get into this?" and we've talked about this a lot. That you, this would be the place to start underwards. Um, yeah. Think? Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. And it's another game that you can pop on the stores of anywhere, on, yeah. on the shelves of any store, to introduce people to Games Workshop products. And you can see that from the front where it's got like a little over 200,000 Warhammer Underworlds games sold and then a little seal of approval thing on there. So it's obviously that idea. It's interesting, though. <laughs> guy with the crossbow right in the middle of the art it looks like he's firing a laser gun have you seen it's got like a red oh yeah <laughs> yeah but they, they they do it is a it is a kind of bolt rather than it's a it fires um like that blessed water doesn't it it's not yeah uh yeah it, it's not a crossbow bolt so it is not I thought those ones were. I thought, don't know. It doesn't matter, but it looks cool. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Um, What's uh, what I think is quite cheeky is that the two wall bands in there are uh, new with new cards, so um, it even makes it sort of tantalising for uh, every wall underworlds player, not just beginners. So. There. Oh yeah, they've got new cards, haven't they? But they are existing. They are existing models. They are because I've got... no, yeah, no, they're existing models. Yeah, but I don't think they've ever been given um, Underworld's rules. So. No, no. Yeah, so that's quite cool, right? So, um, Curse City is just—it's just everything I hoped it was going to be from a model perspective um, at the moment. So we've seen a fair few of the models, um, but that hasn't made the impact of the full release of all the models any less. It is just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, did, it, did they say much about the game dynamic before we go into the models on the release, Dan? They, what they said was it would be very familiar to anyone that had played Blackstone and... and um... Silver Tower. Tower before that, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what it's like and whether because Blackstone you set up the whole map right from the outset. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll do that or not. Um, I kind of hope not, but we'll see. Um, there's also like someone pointed out. I think on Facebook, that if you look at the picture of the whole box contents, 
there's um where it's sort of laid out there's a little dial at the front there with dicing and, and you've got like a day and night yeah and then the cards for each of the minions as it were have got day and night sides yeah so it looks like the dead are more like vicious by night and less so by day as it should be as it should be so i thought that's pretty cool um yeah i think that's great that's very cool so um i just oh my goodness the heroes so the first one um again the first one looks like a knight of sigma yeah so she's um is a knight of the order of azir i think yeah um so she she is a melda braskov good i'm glad you've got the names there right so so what i love about this so she's not a stormcast she's a she's a knight um but another glimpse into you know normal <laughs> yeah humans but like fighty ones in um, the mortal realms what i'm most excited about about her is the potential that we could see units of knights that look like that like yeah yeah um, that's kind of where i was going with that so yeah I uh, yes, I could yes. Please so games she, workshop, please. Yeah. So she looks great. Really, really cool. Um then we've got the chap P that we've seen before, the witch hunter yeah. that was kicked out for being too zealous. Nelson Derrick. <laughs> yeah. So he's cool. Um he's got a a stake rifle and a and a hammer. And a hammer. Yeah, I think it's clear that he doesn't like the undead, I think it would be fair to say. Yeah. Um, then we have a, a dwarven guy who is called um, Dagnai Holdenstock. Yeah, so he's cool. So he's got some kind of like scales type steam engine thing on his back. Um, he's definitely got the kind of look of a privateer. Yeah, look, it's like little waistcoaty type thing going on. Very piratey. Yeah, yeah. And and I love the fact he's the first sort of unhelmeted Caradron that we've seen, but he's still well, got a metal beard. Yeah, I was gonna say he he he's still got like a face mask on, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that. Well we've um, had um we've had the Bugman chap, he's unhelmeted. Oh that's true. No, yeah, I stand corrected. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um and I like his sort of rifle thing that he's got there, harpoon gun. Yeah. Although I'm not quite sure that you'd want to drag the undead closer. But then I suppose if you've got an axe like that, maybe you do. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. All of him. So next up, we've just got an elf of a bow, so we're not interested. Colathis um, the Exile. <laughs> yeah. Who is a Kanothi, I think they said. Yeah, they? which yeah, is cool. interesting. Um, because She's got normal legs. But she does have horns. And, and whether or not have antlers, whether those antlers are actually part of her or, or not is not entirely clear. And the little bit of artwork doesn't make it any clearer, frankly. No. Um so maybe the oh it'd be great to have the Kanothi as a as an expanded race. Um maybe sort of pull pull the Sylvaneth and the Kanothi together to make a like a bigger you know, larger army. If that, if you see what I mean. Mm. Um, 
rather than sort of have another another army with, of which they're getting a lot now in HST. <laughs> it's getting somewhat crowded. Um, I think she's fab. And I just, I, lo- I love that we're now seeing more and more elves. So she's she's a winner for me in every way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this next guy's great. He is Mr. McSwagger. Yeah. Managing to swagger with like some serious weight of armor on him as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, with a whopping great sword and a pistol. And he, he just looks like he's got attitude to spare, hasn't he? He puts me in mind of Yanis Drake. Who's that? The I think it was the Blackstone guy. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Yeah. It's a lot of ways. Yeah. I think he's brilliant. He just looks great. He's Glario, then Alton the third. So I love the fact that he has a numeric as well. He's um they said in the stream that he's like the surviving uh descendant of the noble family that was overthrown by the Undead. Died by the undead. Oh, that's quite cool. Something like that, anyway. So, so he's, he's got real reasons to be here. Yeah, he's got some beef. So the next guy puts all beards <laughs> to shame. Um, it's Octran Glimscry. Um, and he is, he is a wizard of some description. Um, probably one of the amethyst ones, isn't he? Mm. Um with a beard that is just monumental. Well, what's cool about this guy, so he and the guy that they previewed the other day, the undead, like, lunatic guy. Yeah. Um, They were both working on, like, the same sort of project. Yeah. Together. And then, and, like, were quite close. And then, obviously, it all kicked off. And then they've gone their separate ways quite dramatically. <laughs> yeah. It's fair to say. What I love about what I love about him is that I think he's got a mask on. It's my is my reading of the model. He's really, really sinister. Yeah. And um, wizards always run a sort of the risk of being quite daft in some ways. Um, the tropes can be a bit daft if they're not if they're not sort of done right. He looks like really intimidating. Like you wouldn't underestimate him if you came across him. No, absolutely. Yeah. Because he doesn't look martially strong, does he? And that just adds to it. Yeah. He just looks like he could sort of extend his finger from his staff and your face would wither off or something. Horrendous. <laughs> um, and then the next one is a, is a, is like a daughter of Sigma, which I just thought was Really brilliant. Cleona, I'm going to... I think this is pronounced Zeitingale, which I, I love, because it then makes you think that she's a bit like Florence Nightingale. Yeah, well, because um, she's a healer. Yeah. Um, a healer who carries around stakes to kill undead. It's worth pointing yeah, out. Yeah, silver stake. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely fab. She's great, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. And then I think one of my standouts is next. Yeah, me too. Um because it, it adds the idea that ogres are not all bad. It's walloping great big called Brutog Corpse Eater. So I think he's just I think he's just brilliant. He's just absolutely massive. 
Adam Troke was saying apparently there's a bit of background where he lost a bear and ended up eating corpse flesh or something, but he found out he quite liked it. So now he just wants to eat all the undead. Fair enough. Um, yeah. uh, He's what... armoured as well. I mean, if they take the ogres in that way, like the ogrins or the whatever they're called, ogres. What are they called for? Ogres. Ogres. It's just O-G-O-R-S. If they take them this way in their units, you know, when they re- when they come around to redo them, they'll be really popular. What I love about this guy is he reminds me of the old Golfags ogres that came out as part of the Dogs of War yeah. back in like 200, issue 225 of White Dwarf or something, like yeah. ages ago. I love it. I love it going back to that aesthetic. Uh, not that I dislike the belly ogres yeah. in fact i feel an amount of affinity with them but this guy is just brilliant yeah agreed again i agree with you he's one of my standouts yeah to be honest um so should we should we talk about the um should we talk about the evil characters next or should we talk about the the sort of the unit bad guys now we'll go unit bad guys because they're the, the next, next thing on this um so- Bats. Bat swarms. Great bat swarms. That's what bat swarms should look like, isn't it? Bats and then rats. Yeah, bats and rats. Undead rats, in fact. Corpse rats, I think they'll be called, given yes. the background you were talking about in the last episode. Yeah. Um, so bats and rats. Don't know how many of each of those you get. Um, and then we've got like, two very angry-looking dudes called the Kosagi Night Guard. They're undead ogres. And they, they've they got some significantly sized axes. <laughs> they have, haven't they? Yeah. They are undead, um, undead ogres, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. So for corpse eater to eat. Yeah. 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 And, and we saw the next bunch sort of previewed previously. Um which is the orphan watch. Um, but we only really saw the standard barrier and what is effectively, I suppose, what would have been the unit champion, I guess. But we've there's loads of them. <laughs> yeah. Different sculpts of these guys. Um, and what's so cool is they are a different aesthetic to the, the, the normal skeleton yeah. models, aren't they? And And that's just really nice. Yeah, I mean, you, you get the idea that there's um, there's different fashions in different cities is, is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the and fact it's that like one of them's got one of the curved... Scimitar. Yeah. Rather than a sword. Which is cool. And the shields are sort of cast bronze with loads of ornamentation. It's a shame, really, because when I look at those, what I actually think is what we really need is is units of human troops you know like un, not undead ones with these cool aesthetics in you got at least aesthetics. something to come out next time <laughs> but you know what i mean i mean oh, I'd, yeah, love, I agree, I'd love I to have seen these in their prime with their you know with their armor and the, those wicked shields and the, the helmets that actually made me think of the men of dale yeah um, I love, I love them. Absolutely brilliant. They, they're going to look so good with that death, death rattle dude. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fab. And then we've got, which is, I have to say, the most bizarre set of zombies I've ever seen. They're carrying, <laughs> they're, they're carrying their bloody headstones on their backs. Yeah. Which is a little unfortunate. And actually... With so, the roots growing through their faces, so... Yeah, that's right. So, and, and like, if you look at them, they've actually, like, their headstones and stuff are speared down through them. Yeah. So they're not balancing on their backs. They're like speared into. It is very weird, <laughs> isn't it? I'm very interested to see what the background is for these because it they are odd. It they do look a bit like games which were like right. Hmm. How can we put loads of extra detail to paint onto zombies? Oh, I know. Let's put a headstone on as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't heard on that one. Yes, there is. That's amazing. Oh, that one's got roots like growing out for its eye sockets, and oh goodness, I, I'm so glad that War that Age of Sigma isn't grim dark or anything because that would just be mad, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean they've done a bit. They've done a fair bit of work getting color into these without. Um vibrancy is what i'm looking for so they're they're very muted palette but there's purples and blues and greens and yellows and all sorts of colors in there um i think i think they're really interesting and i really uh, i want to know more about them but it is very age of sigma zombie isn't it it's just, we couldn't they couldn't just do a normal zombie it just does something mad with them no well i mean you know what what would be the point of that Absolutely, absolutely. I, I do agree. I do agree. Because um, I wasn't expecting anything that looked like that. So we're now moving on to the, the kind of characters of the of the dark side, the bad side, evil, the <laughs> undead. Um, so starting with Radhikar the wolf, who um, clearly likes wolf pelts. He is the main bad, the big bad. Is he? Yeah. He's very... He's a vampire. He's a vampire ogre. He's an ogre? So he's going to be massive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. That's awesome. A vampire ogre. Case. Yeah, yeah, you can see him in um, in the in the sort of the picture of the whole box contents laid out. He's, he's in there, um, sort of over on the right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked him when I thought he was a normal scale dude, but <laughs> now thinking that he's ogre size, I like him a lot more. So he has that similar sort of Cossack looking feel as the undead ogres from earlier. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he certainly has got a thing for wolf pelts, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and we've seen the next one on the list, which is uh, Torgilius the Chamberlain. Yeah, who... so this is the one I was saying about is like linked with that other guy, the wizard, yeah. with the really long beard. They, this reason. guy's like, he's just jealous that he doesn't have that long beard like the other dude. He's working on it, though. It's down to he's having a go. Yeah, it's, it's a bit more filled out got a sneaky looking rat thing and a candle got a very nice looking raven 
Yeah, he does. I, I love. I thought that when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, Ben, there's a raven." And I love the the way that they've got the the light reflecting off of its feathers. Yeah, and a little bat that on the left there. Yeah, just asleep. It's a creepy bugger, isn't he? And we've seen the next fella as well, who's the unfortunate captain of the orphan watch, um, who met his grizzly end in the sewer. Um, yeah, I love Captain the sort of greeny armour that they've got going. Yeah. The problem with games like this is you just want it, I just want to buy it all in a box painted so I can just get it out and play with it. Because by the time I paint it all, I'll be like, oh my goodness, I'll be onto something else by then. Take forever yeah, to paint. I'm, I'm sort of thinking of, of making it my weekend project to paint one character. It'll take me a most of the year to get it done that way the characters but um worth it i think i love them i think always get get them painted yeah yeah the next the next one on there is is a one of the vampires gone wrong isn't it one of the it's called a varg skier to be fair to you, sorry to like drop back, but that's quite a good idea because there are 42 hostiles, so that includes all the character evil characters, and eight heroes. That's 50 models. Yeah. And then you could do the 10 objective markers in a weekend, probably. So, you know, a year of weekends. Yeah. There's a book in there with all the war scrolls to use everything that's in the box in yeah. Age of Sigma. I love that. I'm very excited by that. I think that's I think that's one Sorry, I've kind of skipped on a bit because I was thinking. You have. So yeah, Vargskir is the next one who's one of the you know where the vampires lose control and end up beasts. Like a Vargolf. Like a Vargolf. Is there a little rat? Yeah, that's a little tiny rat on his base. Yeah, That's there great. is a little tiny rat on his base, uh, and the next one we have, we've actually already seen as well. Who who is brilliant? Gorslav the Gravekeeper. He he's just a horribly sinister thing. Yeah, with his shovel yeah. blade thing. I love that blade. We really like him. The next one is another vampire baddie called um, the Vic, Vic Cross Bloodborne. I think he is. The, yeah, these are the Vic Cross Bloodborne. So the three of them. They're sort of vampires on their way to being more feral beasties with yeah. bat-like legs, but really dynamic, great armour, swordsman by the look of it. Yeah. I love the guy put, perched on top of the on top of the pillar. Mm-hmm. They look like feral cats. I think they're superb. They really, really make you want to paint them, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I love the way they've done the like the eyes the eye sockets like red. Mm. Um really like that. Really like that. Um so that's that's the cursed city models. Um I suppose we should have said this at the start of that bit. We and what we kind of did. We worked our way through the preview. So if you wanted to work your way through with us, that would have been cool. But uh so you get eight heroes, forty-two hostiles, ten objective markers, um and then board tiles and gateways and le- leech gates. It doesn't tell you how many of those you get. Then you get the rule book and the quest book, and then the war scrolls book, which is a very exciting addition. Um, 
and a secret envelope. They've kept the secret envelope, which is excellent. And I don't know about you, but um, I have a feeling that more than Blackstone Fortress, I really want to know the narrative behind this. So the, the novel I'd be quite interested in, actually. Yeah. I'd be quite interested indeed. Cool. How much do you reckon? Well, there's some frightening <laughs> uh, guesses going around. Um, one guess I've heard a lot was $300, which is madness, frankly. Um, I can't see it being that. I, I don't know what that works out at. Neither do I, but $300 sounds... <laughs> just sounds, sounds a lot. lot. 300 let's, let's, let's put it in. 300 in pounds. It's 215 quid. You reckon they'd charge 200 quid for that? No. I don't think they would even remotely come close to that. I could see them charging... I could see them potentially charging 120 mm. or one or 150 um, because... Mm. Well, I could see I could see them doing that. There's a fair few like unique models in there. You know, there's it's essentially a box of characters. Blackstone Fortress was a hundred and fifty dollars. I think it was ninety five pounds. I'd like to see it around a hundred quid. You know, ninety five quid. I would love. I'd love to see it like that. But unfortunately, the price keeps keeping up on everything. So, so I think I think one. I don't know. My feeling is 120. Yeah, yeah. That's my gut feeling. But there we go. So the last thing that was previewed is if that well, that wasn't enough for an Age of Sigma release. Um, and it's a real shame that we... It is so funny. It is a real shame. <laughs> it's so funny after last episode. <laughs> so poor, poor old Rob is all I could say. Um, they've previewed Bellacore and... The bits that they've previewed look frighteningly nice. Yeah, he's going to be amazing. He's just going to be amazing. Are you going to have him? I don't know. I don't think... I don't... I don't know. I haven't got a, an under... I, you know, it's more for a hobby desk chat, but really need to have a sort of reflect on a direction for this year. Because, you know, time is is a rare commodity. And I, I won't lie to you, there is nothing. I'll just double check. Perhaps with the exception of the two Underworlds things, because I've deliberately made the decision to stay away from that. Not because I don't enjoy it, but because of the style of thing it is. But there is nothing else in here that I wouldn't want. Yeah, and and feasibly get to get excited about. You know, we the the uh, I already said like the Lumineth. You know, I was toying with the Lumineth anyway when we were looking at what were we going to do for the, you know, for our uh, the guys up here for the slow grow thing. And now they've added in units that just harken back to my original army. And it's like, oh, <laughs> and Cult of Paint have done a, I was just about an to army say, painting. Yeah. 
oh, guide, which looks great. It. So it's good. So I watched it really easy. No, I haven't. No, it's 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 ace. Yeah, I know. Really it will, it will ace. be ace because the guides are always ace. Um, so you know, really, it's the Venari Blade Lords, and then like straight into a bolt thrower, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And then there's a floating bloody mountain. Yeah, they're just wonderful. And then this chain rasp guy that just looks so good and then i get given 10 chain rasps <laughs> on the day he comes up so you know really could quite conceivably get go down that rabbit hole Gardas, i mean for crying out loud it's just epic so my point being uh, oh and then you and then you get you know the 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 white lord which fits in with me doing vampires in Warmaster. And then you get this cursed city box. And you know, that could be at the current rate of painting a year's project. So <sighs> I don't know, man. I know. I just I just uh I don't know. Yeah. The trouble okay. is, I don't. It, it's really interesting. He's right on that cusp, really, of being like, not got the time to paint, but don't earn enough to pay to, for it to be painted. <laughs> so you just have to, yeah. And then there's all the other bits and bobs, Legion and Warmaster, and this little game called Forty K. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, don't know. I don't expect so with Bellacore, and I'm not sure about what we're doing about the Cursed City because I thought Chris was definitely getting it, and now I don't think he's as sure because he seems he loves the miniatures, but he's concerned because he's not he's not super keen on Blackstone and the way it runs, and um, so I don't know. It's the truth. That's fair enough. Which would mean I'd want to get it. Right. So um, shall we move into the community section? I think so, because that was a long mortal rounds. Had to Good be. Can you say any of that out? No, no, no. It was, it was entirely needed. So, right. Guys, we will see you in the community. glorious community welcome to episode 64's community segment um and more shout outs benjamin yeah you did send them to me i shall access them now obviously i have diligently paid attention to every message you've sent me yeah we were just discussing this as we've established and here we go so yeah number number one for today is uh, Fletcher's painting. So Fletcher's underscore painting on um, on Instagram. Um, the reason I wanted to share his work is I've been really loving um, the Flesh Terrors army that he's been for doing. I think as a commission. Um, what I the speed of which he painted it, I just can't get over, frankly. Um, incredibly quickly. I think he's doing it for Tabletop Tactics. 
I think. That and, plasma uh, weapon is ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, part of it has been this this plasma gun that he's done, and the the, uh, the plasma OSL is uh, that just looks like it's lit with an LED LED. Yeah, I don't really know how he's done it. I mean, I'm I'm not shoddy at OSL, and I don't I don't know how he's done it. Anyway, so yeah, his. Flesh I was going to say, you like you're pretty good at your plasma weapons. Yeah. So the flesh, the flesh terror's army is really brilliant. What I love about it is the is the armor. So the the, the basic sort of red he's done, um, the gradient between sort of almost essentially almost black, um, and bright red, works so well for flesh terrors. You know, to have that real, real darkness in the red works really, really well. Um, and then added into that the 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 fact that he's the the speed he's done it, the, the edge highlighting and the highlighter work is just it's just wonderful. It is really they are lovely, aren't they? Yeah, so I really yeah. really like that army. But then the reason I actually originally started following him a, a while back is um was his space force unsurprisingly? <laughs> no, it normally is. And um yeah, there's some great space force stuff on there. Um that uh, if you're interested in that stuff, but I should imagine you're probably bored sick of space force with hearing me go on about it. But I really what I like about his space force, um just focus on a little bit, is how he's kept the colour palette really, really minimum. So there's basically the armor color, the leather slash fur color, and then the blues that he's used uh, for the eyes and the OSL and stuff on the shield. And it works really, really well. Because um, one of the things that I struggle with with my space walls is this, is, and I've spoken about this before, is the amount of colors, the amount of things, and the amount of different things that I have to do on them, um, I find can, can get a bit overwhelming. And just for you as well, if you scroll a little bit further down, he's got some Ultramines that I thought you might be might like. Done in yeah, a very similar, like very similar sort of style. So yeah, so Fletcher's painting. Um, I believe that he's doing, and I, I maybe completely yes, just to confirmation, he's doing the Flesh Terrors for Tabletop Tactics. So um, you'll see more of them, I should think. Yeah. I believe I believe he is also one of the um, painters for Siege Studios, mm. which doesn't surprise me at all, given the standard of it. Um, so the next one I wanted to talk about is called um, Jaded Art. Just bring him up. Um, oh gosh. In a bit of a weird way, so it's underscore jaded dot r underscore. And what I like about this this guy's work, or the thing that caught my attention about him, is his Dark Angels, where yes. he's gone for, I wouldn't say grimdark, because that word gets overused, I feel. But it's it's very muted, um, desaturated palette for the Dark Angels, with loads of weathering, and it it works really 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 well, um, yeah. I, I love the, like the, the the hundreds of little scratches that he's done on them, 
are all so small and finely done that it doesn't overwhelm the miniature. It, it kind of add, adds a sort of texture to the surface rather than it being like a defining part of the detail, if that, if that makes any sense. So I, I really, really like these, big fan of these. Particular fan of, uh, of how he's mixed um, the Indomitus Chaplain with, I, th I think the Chaplain from um, Dark, not Dark Imperium, Dark Vengeance, I think, to create a interrogator Chaplain that's badass. Um, and has done a lovely conversion of Asriel. Really good. So yes, yeah, super duper. Very, very much recommend him if you at all like Dark Angels or Weathering. And um, the last one for a hobby account is, I'm afraid, going to be another Space Wolf account, but it's a Space Wolf account that I think everyone would appreciate because um, just the, the, the style and the atmosphere and the the overall quality of the of the Instagram page, you'd think this guy was running a company of, you know, as in he must do this for a living in some way or just be very talented because all the photos are, are just gorgeous. The artwork he does is is gorgeous. Um, the kind of design aesthetic of the whole thing, um, which is they're called the nomads, it's just wonderful. Um, so I'd strongly recommend going and have a look at that. He's I love the Guardsmen. I was about to say, he's currently working on Guardsmen to go with them, which is using a mixture of the Games Workshop Guardsmen stuff and the um, the uh, Artel sculpts. Um, and they look great. Really, really good. He's done some... Um guys in like phobos armor with bare arms that i like yes yeah i had seen that and and spent a little time trying to work out where he got the bare arms from i haven't really worked it out yet to be honest yep so that's him and, and the final one i wanted to talk about is is a hobby account but it's not the it's not the only reason i wanted to bring them up it, it's um it's another podcast actually and i've only listened to um a little bit of their stuff and really enjoyed it it's called out of the frying pan podcast and it's a um middle earth strategy battle game focused podcast and um they've been churning out the uh lord of the rings models um it's yeah. a We've got a great account filled with filled with um hobby for for Lord of the Rings. So if you're interested in Lord of the Rings and we often sort of delve in and out. Um for example, they've made Helm's Deep. You know <laughs> so it's just it's just great, isn't it? Um yeah. So hang on, I'm going to find Helm's Deep. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> it's not it's not rubbish is it no it really isn't oh it's really good yeah that's cool yep so um if you're into the lord of the rings strategy about game then i would 
I would strongly recommend doing two things, following their Instagram account and um, going and listening to their podcast. I re- just recently restarted Lord of the Rings, the book, and uh, I told you this before we went on air, so you've heard it, but uh, came across the word mabham, the Hobbit word for an item with no immediate use, but they can't get rid of, can't bring themselves to throw away. I, I think Madam's form a significant part of my existence. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I am going to defend myself by saying you quite rightly pointed out that I had heard that. That's why I wasn't listening, but I've just been sent something and it's got it's just got little things to ponder. Like lobsters are mermaids to scorpions. Right. Just say yeah. But they're all like, it's all got the cookie monster saying them, you see. I'm so glad that I do a podcast with someone who listens to me. And Excuse me, you were saying something that you'd already said I had heard. Yeah, but it would be nice to have an interaction with you. But is it weird that we cook bacon and bake cookies? No. Cookie dough is the sushi of desserts. No. Lasagna is just spaghetti-flavoured cake. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's tomato-flavoured cake. Onion rings are vegetable donuts. Yeah, that's pretty good. Your stomach thinks all potatoes are mashed. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Some profound moments. On to the hobby group. (laughs) So um, a couple of bits to shout out. Uh, The first one has to be, without a doubt, um, Rich Nutter's um, Lamb Raider. Yeah, yeah. I agree which just looks absolutely super. We should point out that, that Rich Nutter's Land Raider is the original Land Raider. Yeah, so yeah. Lucky. But it works, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It, it really does. works. It really works. So, yeah, that that is ace. Um, Got to love that um, a great deal. So, yeah, love it. Love it very much. Very nice. Um, Mike M, please stop showing me pictures of painted ships. They're awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike M, don't listen to a word he says and keep showing us pictures of painted ships because yeah, I love them. I love them. Rob Ang, talking about painted ships. Sorry, before we go on, I was watching a program called Revealing the Bottom of the Ocean or something along those lines. It's on Disney on the on the Discovery bits of history. And what they do is they're like use sonar or something to create a really detailed map of the ocean bed and then they cgi render it and take the sea away the sea away to see it but the first episode was on world war ii stuff and it was they were looking for the hms sydney um and i didn't realize that the they the how it was taken out was that the germans were employing these merchant ships with like hidden guns all over them and then they were drawing like battleships in close 
and then unloading this like anti-tank artillery at close range and just just wiping them out to took out it's what took out the sydney but I th- just on world war ii topic i thought that was dead interesting Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone has Disney, it's a it's a crackingly interesting episode, actually. Um, if you're interested in the Navy, there's um, a submarine with anti sonar as well. They put the Germans have put like rubber plate in all along it with little holes in the rubber plate in, so it just the, the sound didn't reflect off of it. So it, it went into the channel and wiped out like loads of ships. So the only way that we could track it down and find it was. That we low, we drew it into a trap where we just planted like thousands of mines and blew it up with a mine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Right. This is awesome. Bobby Clark's Tau Commander. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. He said that he'd um, sort of doing some extra work on his glazing didn't he when he was yeah. talking about it um really really good the colors just work really well they're really well executed yeah i i i oh, it's superb superb yeah and um bobby clark is um red eagle uh painting studios for those who are interested oh, right, Paul. yep so it, it's commission work um so if you want to see his stuff on uh um on instagram it's it's under red eagle studio the um it's nice to see mark mike parker has turned to the hobby car hobby what are they called really useful box storage system yeah that i uh that i love so that's good it just works so well it just works so well doesn't it? I was um we're, we're um currently moving from paper to digital notes at work. Oh yeah, because you know everyone everyone used to have their own like paper Lloyd George notes, um, and the cabinets that we had them in are like have got drawers on that you can like draw out, and that they're really solid and made of metal. And I was looking at them, and I was like, and the drawers are only like maybe four inches deep. So I was thinking of getting as many drawers into one unit as possible. And they're really cleverly designed so that you, because of the weight of them all out, it won't let you pull all the shelves out at once. There's like a system to it. So I'm really, I'm very, very tempted to nab one and bring it home. I must admit, that was always sort of, that's always been a little bit of my kind of pipe dream of when I had a gaming table. And I did look at it when... um, when I did the hobby room first of getting, um, I think it might be called a drawing cabinet or something like that, but they're really expensive, <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. So the Perry twins use um, naval chart chart drawers, don't they? Yeah, and they're hell of expensive. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've always thought that'd be a great way to store miniatures. So um, I was going to say, Rob Angle's gone back to doing some sculpting. Started, very nice it is yeah, too. Yeah, very nice it is too. So so that's also good to see. Um, Rob Angle is one of the owners and runners of uh, Curtain Games, if you're interested. 
Yes, yes, they are. They uh, they are feeding my addiction to the game I don't collect very well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting because at the moment the ATST is out of stock everywhere. Oh dear. I know. So shame. is the ATST and the snow speeder thing the next two additions to your two forces, which aren't going to be armies that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then. If Why don't I, you just bite the bloody bullet and buy the starters kit? Because if I get the snow speeder and the ATST when I've done these heavy weapons, right? Then I get. Then after that, if I get the starter set. Put the put it all together. I'll have two eight hundred point forces. Okay, that's fair. Enough. Yeah. So, yeah. But what I don't want to do is just end up with yet another box full of miniatures that's unpainted. Yeah, that's fair. It is. Um. So, uh, the last thing to say is please don't forget. That competition time is running. Um, it's a unit of two or more models. Um, so please do get your entries in on the uh, on the announcement um, in the announcement section. Yes, and um, remember that this month isn't quite as long as it sh as others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so. With that, should we head into the wilds and find something to talk about? Yeah, we got we got to think of something to talk about in the wilds. You know what we should do? We should do a little post and say, "What do you want us? What game shall we look at?" Actually, and do we really want to ask people to suggest that we play more games? No, we don't, because okay. you'll end up playing lots of games that you're not playing. Yes, I will. Yeah, but people could gift them to us. I wouldn't ask people to do that. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we will see you in the wilds. Hi guys, and welcome to the um, last section, the interwild section, uh, where we talk about all the stuff um, that we couldn't fit into other sections, and usually covers off games from outside of Games Workshop, because we fill the rest of our podcast with Games Workshop stuff, um, <laughs> essentially. Um, so today, I was going to have, a, well, we were going to have a chat about um, my birthday present from Dan, which is... Um, the alien role-playing done by Free League and distributed by Modifius. Um, and it's, it's rather nice, <laughs> is what it is. Um, so you got me the starters box, didn't you, Dan? Yeah, so you um, it should be said that you quite like Alien. I love Alien. Yeah, Aliens is, um, in my opinion, one of the best um, science fiction films ever made. Um, and I think I could, I could think I could strongly argue that um, again against any coming. Really, it's it's a great, great film. Um, what I like about it is there's a sense of a, a broader universe. It's very familiar 
to us because it feels like our universe. Mm-hmm. Things like the colonial marines feel like just a sort of generation away almost. Um, but then added into that, you've got these other races, um, which of course over the years have have um, have, sp- have spread out to include things like the predators. But this book is is about alien or the aliens, and I haven't found predators in here yet but i'm sure in the future they might you know, they might become a thing um and what i like about the role the, the the whole thing so far is the artwork and the way it looks it's just look at that dan yeah it's just it's gorgeous um so i spent most of my time just looking at the pictures so far <laughs> and uh, and reading the background on on like things um, so uh, rather than actually the mechanics of the game, but overall it looks like a completely different role-playing experience than, than, than I have ever played actually. So uh, I've pretty much only ever done um, Dungeons and Dragons style stuff, a um, bit of um, 40k role-play, a bit of Warren Fantasy Battle role-play, but very much that kind of, high fantasy high sci-fi you know that kind of actiony sort of stuff this has yeah. definitely got action in it i mean don't get me wrong i mean you can you can play you can play colonial marines check out that artwork of a smart gunner oh yeah right yeah so um you can play the colonial marines but it feels a lot more like um it's a horror you know yeah it's more about this the suspense I'd be interested to know like whether that is all down to the GM or is there rules mechanics that allow you to put that suspense in once you get to reading them. So there's panic <laughs> in is there's a mechanism in there um, where you have to make panic rolls. Um, so that range from one to six, keeping it together to, uh, 15 plus you you fall into a catatonic state <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah there, there, there's dehydration rules in there there's exhaustion rules um there's there's loads in here absolutely loads disease radiation and of course there's the xenomorphs you know and so it's it's really cool um the 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 sort of a uh, pre-made scenario that comes with the starters kit is the sort of the sort of typical thing that you would expect it to be. So you're a ship that receives a distress call and you go to help another ship. And then, of course, I, I haven't. I've purposely not read the storyline on that one. Um, in case someone, <laughs> I played. wonder what could be happening um, on that. But ship. I've got a fairly good idea what's going on. Um, although the enemies in that don't look like t- typically xenomorph. Um, but yeah, I think this is the sort of role play I could really get on with, um, because I really like role playing where you, you you don't just you have to think about what you're going to do, mm-hmm. um, and your actions will have consequences um, rather than you know you just go into a bar and you know get in a fight and beat everyone because of course you would do you know th- this is this is going to be more about like if you don't make the skill check to to do the technical thing that you're trying to do, it could well be 
something could eat you. <laughs> yes, significant problem kind of role playing. And um, I, the only thing that I'm thinking of reading it or look, look, flicking through it is I feel like, and this is this is my this is my kind of um, lack of experience of role playing coming through. And I would really like if there's if there's de- dungeon masters out there or players who have played um, role play that's more horror orientated or you know suspense orientated, then then please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like I could see this being the sort of thing that you could run too spread out because you'd lose that kind of mm. intensity and suspense. Um, so I think I would probably um, steer it more towards short scenarios, you know, a, a kind of designed scenario that would typically be like one of the scenarios from the films, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know, for example, therefore, I don't know whether you level up. It does say this cinematic play and campaign pay play, but I, I can't really, I suppose Ripley would have leveled up from film to film. That's true. In fairness. So, yeah. So you turn the corner and find a power lifter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I, yeah, I'm absolutely in love with the the core box. Um, Desperate to play it with people. Um, Really get my teeth into it. What is it then that you, that draws you to the alien universe? I think, I think, for me, it was the colonial marines initially, and how they were so human, mm. and and yet so good at what they did. They were they were daft. They were, you know, the cracking wisecracks. They felt they felt so well written and acted that they felt like a real military unit mm. and you really felt you got the impression that these guys were the were badasses <laughs> you know they, they yeah. knew what they were doing they'd done it a thousand times before and then they get absolutely shat on you know they get completely un, unpicked by something that they'd never come across and that I, the first film I watched was Alien so I I had to go back and watch Alien after that. And I watched Aliens probably far too young, to be honest. Um, and and the second thing was that Aliens were just awesome. <laughs> you know, they weren't ridiculous. They were, they were awesome. They were mm. weird and alien and powerful. And, like, there are so many... Like, dark, like details to them that felt like the person, and it turns out it did, had really thought about them as a as a as a creature, as a as a species from the ground up. They designed this whole sort of ecology around the alien that that a life cycle, as it were, that that made made sense. And that, and yet still, you were asking questions, like from the very word go, that 
I kind of dislike that they've sort of answered because part of the mythos for me was that why the hell were they all being stored in the, sh- the hold of a ship? You know, what? who were the elephant men? Which we now know what they are because they're Prometheus, but, you know, the world builders. But back then it felt like you were trying to work out whether they were being quarantined or whether they were actually being designed as a weapon or you didn't really know you didn't know you had so many questions and yet they felt so so much like a natural species that because in the same way as they were alien they were also incredibly familiar because they're insects they look like an insect and um you know where they got their ideas from for all of that you could argue that argue that forever but you know the, the artwork of um who's is you know how bad i am for names now but oh geiger geiger's artwork was hugely influential in it mm. um i just think it, it, for me that film the second one particularly felt so rounded as a sci-fi film that you couldn't watch any bit of that and not believe that that was just around the corner yeah, you know, the colony yeah. felt like it was something that our grandkids could be doing. You know, the yeah. Marines felt so close to what we had now that that they it felt just around the corner that the space station gateway l- looked like like an expanded version of the International Space Station. You know, the ship, the Salako. This is how sad I am. I know all this stuff. The Salako looks like a spaceship that we would make. So when you bring that all together, it when you when I was watching it, it felt like, and what made it what made it so scary, I think, is it felt like that this could genuinely be a future. Mm. Mm. Whereas things like Star Wars and Star Trek, there's always that. Well, I hope it looked like that, or wouldn't it be cool if there were Jedi? Um, Aliens really feels like it could genuinely be our hundred year future, or one hundred fifty year future. And uh, and I think that above everything is what I liked about it, and and that everything wasn't shiny and pretty. There was areas yeah. that were so, like you know, the the space station is very pretty and shiny and like white and you know designed to be comfortable. But then you look at the marine armor and it looks like it had been lived in. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of films that don't that don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Like I mean, for a good good example. Starship Troopers armor doesn't look like it fits anybody. <laughs> it flops around all over the place. The helmets are always jingling and jangling and off their head. Whereas the armor that the the Colonial Marines have worn or wore, I think was designed by someone who, you know, quite notable in that kind of respect. It looks like we could release that and, and issue it to our troopers tomorrow. You know, make it out of the right materials and issue it to them tomorrow. And the way they were wearing the helmets reminded me very much of like Vietnam films where they, it clearly works as a thing. It sticks on their head when they're running around, even when the trap's done up or not. It, it works as a kind of, it worked. Yeah. It made sense. Even it's the got smart that gritty gun, realism, hasn't it? Yeah. Even the smart gun as a heavy weapon was just so well thought out. I mean, you, you don't, if you're mobile, if you're a mobile infantry unit, what you want is some form of hydraulic system or something that can support a machine gun that can 
actively track a moving target and put out in excess of a thousand rounds a minute. Yeah. And those guys are those guys are carrying them down the corridor like like a modern day trooper would carry a you know small arms. It's I think it's I thought anyway, I could go on about it for ages, but I thought as a sort of film, as an aesthetic, as a background, I'd really, really love it. Um which is why I had such a mixed love-hate relationship with Prodos, because they got so close with so much of it, only to fall short at the last mark. Like yeah. The scale problems and all that kind of crap just drove me mad. Because why? How have they managed the? How did they manage to screw simple things up so much? Um. And and they devastatingly wish that they released them as STLs files rather than as miniatures or as well as miniatures so that you could sort those scaling programs problems out yeah yourself but there we go there we go so i'm really keen to play this for many many reasons not not just because i like alien but because i really quite fancy playing a different kind of role-playing game where it's as much about like suspense and horror and you know in this i feel like an encounter with the bad guy could go very badly very quickly <laughs> <laughs> yes if you if you're not well let's you know the 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 people the pre-made characters for the scenario um i've got them here love the character sheet like you, look at that that's cool yeah, so look, really good artwork. We've got um, the captain of the ship, cargo handler, um, the pilot, um, the technician, um, and that's no, one more, uh, and a company agent, a corporate liaison, who is going to be up to no good, isn't he? Um, you know so those characters do not include um, US um, you know colonial marine corps sergeant they're all just like the guys from the first film Mm. so I can you know I I can get I can imagine that it's going to be one of those games where you're not going to be running through the doors with your swords up and you're you know, working out how many defence points your chainmail has because you're going to make a damn bit of difference. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm dead excited about that. Dead excited. Good. And now I'm probably going to buy... Because the only difference between that and the uh, hardback rulebook is that the hardback rule book has about 200 pages extra of background. <laughs> which I mean, like... Right, so you're going to need that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things as well where I think, I don't know what, what it would be like over Zoom. Hmm. Hard, hard to get the... um. 
atmosphere maybe i mean i'm just thinking like imagine you do it later on in the evening when it's dark mm. you know get people to deliberately set up you know in a quiet part of the house where it's dark could work couldn't it yeah leave the fact like if i was in here with that door open behind me and the only light was coming from the computer yeah and if you've got zoom i, I would be scared <laughs> <laughs> if you've got the right zoom backgrounds as well yeah so then we we couldn't even see if something was sneaking up on you yeah Oh, I don't know if I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That's that's um, my little bit on that. And as soon as we play the game of it, I'll be sure to sort of fill everyone in on the game mechanics as well. Yeah, yeah. That's... Before I get terribly distracted with the June role playbook. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And, and don't ask me to pick between those two universes because uh, <laughs> not sure I could. No. Well, with that in mind, then let's call it a night, I think. Yeah. So, if you would like to let people know where we are on social media, Mr. Hall. Um, yeah, we're, we can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at the Two Piece Podcast. You'll find us, um, but, you know, on that hashtag or at uh, handle. And, um, our next episode will include um, a special guest as well, which we're very excited about. In two weeks' time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Two weeks' time. In two well, weeks' time. Thank you for listening. We hope it's been vaguely interesting. If you've got this far, it certainly must have been. So, well done. It's, um, it's a possibility that the French fancies was the highlight. I think so, yeah. Right at the beginning. <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Um, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.